Good morning. How are we doing? Good. Hey, my name is Alex Alexander, one of the pastors here at Lawrence Free Methodist. And again, if you're visiting with us, you are our special guest, and we are glad you're here this morning. One of the things that we like to do around here is recognize our volunteers, and so we kind of call it Volunteer of the Month. We like to recognize someone in our church body who is giving of their time and giving of their talents to serve uh, the body, to serve one another in some way. And this month, we're kind of keeping it, well, not kind of, we are keeping it in the family from the previous month. Um, We had one family member last month. It was actually this young man's grandmother that we recognized last month. And this month, uh, we want to recognize Mr. Hayden Mock. So come here, Hayden. Come on, come on down, Mom. Come on down. That's a little too far away to, to, to get it on cell phone. You got to get closer than that. Come on. You just come to the front row, Kirsten. Um, Hayden, man, what, what a fine young man this is. Hayden is 13 uh, years old, and, and Hayden serves down in our children's ministry, uh, as you would probably think, being his age. He helps to run the sound and the video, some of the technology based stuff down in our children's ministry and uh, gives of his time in that way. And then this was the first year that, that Hayden aged out of vacation Bible school. And because he could no longer attend, because he was too old, and he served this summer in vacation Bible school. And so we want to just recognize people of all shapes and ages and sizes and everything in our church every month. And, and Hayden, we just couldn't do what we do in children's ministry. I know Miss Amanda uh, down there really appreciates you. I appreciate you not letting age be a barrier to service. Thank you for setting the example for all the adults uh, in this room. And so we just can't thank you enough for everything that you've done and continue to do. And we look forward to watching you uh, grow up a little bit more in this church. You've been here your whole life, and so we look forward to being a church family that can come alongside uh, you and support you. But thank you for giving of your time and your energy and your efforts to serve so faithfully. And so we've got this nice little token. You can't do much with this, but um, you can get a little food with, with this little gift card that's in here. And so anyway, man, we want to thank you for everything that you've done. Thanks, Hayden. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Did you, Kirsten, did you get that? Okay, good. Perfect. Fantastic. Social media, man, we got to get these things these days. So anyway, hey, we're glad you're here. If you are visiting, you need to know we're in a series called Rebrand. This is the last Sunday of this series, and it's really been more of a series for our church family. The subtitle is Rediscovering Our Mission and Purpose. And so we've been talking over the last month more as a church family Uh, about rediscovering our mission and our purpose. Why is it that we do what we do? What is it that God has called this unique community of faith, this body of believers? What does he have for us in this community? We've been kind of on this journey figuring that out. And and last uh, month, about four weeks ago, um, we unveiled our new mission statement. And our new mission statement is this. You should see it on the screen behind me now. Would you say it out loud with me? We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. That, that's what we want to be about. Here, here at our church, we want to be known in our community as people who follow Jesus. And in doing so, and following Jesus, that we're helping others find and follow Jesus. That, that's the lens through which 
uh, we're going to do everything around here. The ministries that we continue to do, ministries that will start in the future, how we uh, budget our dollars around here, everything comes back to our mission, which is helping people find and follow Jesus. Another thing that we've talked about is our strategic pathway, or what we've called a discipleship pathway, or it's a discipleship pathway we've called a strategic pathway. And this is what we want people who call this their church home to be on this pathway. And and so we've talked about it, gather, grow, and go. And gathering means that we want to gather regularly for worship. That just means that if you're in town, rain or shine, unless it's a snow day and we've canceled church or whatever, that we'd love for you to be here, whether you're on vacation or whatever. We don't expect you to be here 52 weeks out of the year. I'm not here 52 weeks out of the year, but we want you to prioritize the gathering because we believe there's just nothing more beautiful than when the saints gather and sing songs to God and lift up his name and praise him. And so when we've talked about gathering, we want you to gather regularly for worship. We talked about growing and that we believe that people uh, should be growing in their relationship with Jesus and growing in their relationship with others. That's what we talk about when we mean grow, that we're growing in the context of community. And then last we talk about going and that we go on mission with Jesus, that we go on mission with Jesus both locally and globally. And we've taken this strategic pathway, and again, what we've said is this isn't something we want from you. I don't benefit if you do these things. This is for your benefit. This is what we want for you is to find where you're at in the pathway and basically jump in and get on the pathway. And so if you're gathering, we want you to start growing. If you're just growing, we want you to start going. It's a strategic pathway. And we've related the strategic pathway to the table. We've talked about the idea of the table in Scripture, how Scripture speaks to dining at the table and coming together and fellowshipping at the table. And we've said this, that the church is a table where people come and feed on the bread of life. That's why there's a dining room table. Again, if you're visiting, it's your first Sunday here. We don't always have a dining table, but we've been talking about the strategic pathway and how we gather at the table and we come to the table to get the bread of life because Jesus said in John 6 that he was the bread of life. And so all these chairs around the table represent the church and the different people that come to the table. And three weeks ago, we started with this chair, and we've related the table and the chairs at the table to our strategic pathway. And so we said that this is, if the first step is gathering in the strategic pathway, then we've said this is our gathering chair. And the focus of this chair is for unbelievers, that simply we want to make more room at God's table so that more people can come and partake of the bread of life. That, that these are people who oftentimes are just far from Christ. And we set some goals and we said we wanted to, to grow as a church family and so we want more gatherers to come, more unbelievers. We said that almost 70% of our community has no faith affiliation. That means 70% of the people in Douglas County and Lawrence and surrounding areas, about 70% uh, are doing nothing this morning for, to, to, to enhance their faith. Who, I don't know what they do. I've been a Christ follower for 40 years. I don't know what you do on a Sunday morning anymore. Maybe you sleep in. Maybe you're on the golf course. You're having lunch. But, but 70% of our community is far from Christ, so we want to make more room at the table 
<clears throat> for our gatherers. Last week, we talked about um, the second chair here, and this is our growing chair. And we said this is for people who are, have moved from gathering and they've encountered um, Jesus. They've stepped into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, uh, once we've made that move, we start to grow in our faith. And last week, we talked about how growing happens best within the context of community. And so what we asked last week, we said, hey, you need to find a place to connect. You need to find a place in community. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. And so we'd love for you to be in a connect group. We'd love for you to be on a serve team. We'd just love for you to get connected because growth happens best within the context of community. And so we move from gathering to growing. And then lastly, and this is the chair we're going to talk about today, this is for our goers. This is our goers chair. We've just kind of called this mature believers. And all we really mean by that is this is people who get it. I mean, you just, you get it. You, you've matured in your faith. You, at some point, you were in chair one and, and you moved to chair two and now you're in chair three. And people who are in chair three are, are typically those who are in leadership around our church. They're plugged in, they're serving, they're giving up their time, their talent, and, and their treasure, and they're going on mission with God. In fact, that's what we talk about when we talk about goers, people who are going on mission in our city and around the world. And here's basically what you're doing is you're just helping people come back to this chair. Now, I should have named chair four. You know what the truth is? Some of you have reached out to me and said, who sits in that chair in the back? I should have thought through the illustration a little bit more. <clears throat> I should have just maybe removed it. But goers are people who are helping people in this chair get to this chair, get to this chair. We call this discipleship, and you're never done, because then you just help people come back to this chair, because you go on mission with God. And so that's what we talk about when we talk about goers. In fact, the Bible talks a ton about going. We serve ascending God. In fact, if you ever stop going, your, your faith becomes stagnant. And so we've got to constantly be on the go, and the Bible talks a ton about go. In fact, Matthew chapter 28, this is probably the most famous go verse that we use. Jesus said these words, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know what Jesus didn't say? If you feel like it, it's an option. He said, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. And the good news about this verse, he says, you don't go alone. I go with you always to the end of the age. Jesus speaks again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You're probably familiar with this verse as well. He says, I'm going to give you power to do this. You can't do this in and of your own power and your own strength. So he says, hey, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit falls on you and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And again, command, he says, you will be, not, not if you feel like it, not if you wake up today and you're, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm in today. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. We go. We serve ascending God. Let's look at this next verse. Mark chapter 16. Jesus says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole 
creation. Look at this next verse. For so the Lord has commanded us, and this comes from the book of Acts. This is the explosion of the church, and the disciples say, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles. That basically just means for non-believers. I've made you a light as a people group. I've made you a light for lost people that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And then look at what Paul writes in the book of Romans. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then? Well, they call on him in whom they have not believed. And then how are they to believe in him of whom they haven't heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or telling them? All throughout Scripture, we go. We serve a ascending God. And so when we talk about going on mission, here's basically what we're talking about. We're talking about taking what we've been given in Christ, the gift of salvation and the hope that each one of us has been given and sharing it with others just as someone has shared it with you. I, I believe with everything in me that there's not a person that's in this room today that, that, that isn't here because someone else took the time to share faith with them. I, anybody in here just wake up one day and go, hey, I just know God today. He just showed up in my life. No, everybody is in this room today because at some point, someone, it could have been a parent, it could have been an older sibling, it could have been a a pastor at at the church that your parents were dragging you to or your friend drug you to, it it, it could have been a friend or a coworker, but at, at some point, someone shared the faith with you. And when we talk about going, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about sharing our faith with others. You and I have been given the greatest gift, why in the world would we keep it to ourselves? Don't, don't we want to see more people in the kingdom? F- forget about packing the pews of the church. Don't we want to see as many people as possible come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ? I hope you would answer yes to that. Because of that, we're compelled to go. And we go on mission, there's three key areas how this is going to impact us as a church and our, our mission and our vision. And so here, here's the first area where it impacts us. When we talk about going on mission, we're talking about sharing our faith in spiritual conversations with others. This is basically evangelism. This is evangelism. Evangelism is basically just proclaiming the gospel to others. And, and, and here's Here's what I feel like I need to tell you. When we look at the Scripture, what we find in the Old Testament is we find this approach that we call come and see. We find the come and see approach in the Old Testament where God would show up and do these phenomenal acts and people would come and see. And We have the tabernacle and we have the temple and if you wanted to meet God, then you had to come and see. But when we get to the New Testament, when we get to Jesus, we no longer have a come and see strategy. It's now go and tell. We, we, we have to go and tell. And lots of churches over the years have, uh, and they continue today, to try the come and see approach. And sometimes it works. In fact, I grew up in a day and age where come and see was more like, hey, let's have a three-day revival, invite the whole community to come and see at the church. You probably grew up in a day and age where churches were doing all kinds of big events like the singing Christmas trees 
or other things where it was like, let's just do some big event and come and see. Can I just tell you, we live in an entertainment-driven society these days, and we cannot outdo the culture and come and see. I mean, we can. It just takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to take the come and see approach. And in fact, here's what I've learned to be true over my years in ministry. Whatever you reach people with, you keep them with. And so if you want to keep them entertained, well, you got to keep them entertained week after week after week and outdo the Sunday before and outdo the event before. I don't think that's a gospel-driven church. I think when we get to the New Testament, we see go and tell, and you and I have to go and tell. Of course we want you to invite your friends. Of course we'd love for you to invite them to come and see on a Sunday morning. But when we get to Jesus, it's no longer come and see. God's not in a box. We go into the world. And so now it's go and tell. And so we have a goal. We have a five-year goal to go along with this. And this is the most audacious and daunting goal of all of our goals. And here it is. We want to equip and inspire every member and attender, every adult that calls this their church home. We want to equip you and inspire you to show and share your faith and word and action with four people a year or once a quarter over the next five years. That's a daunting task. But, but let me tell you something. I'm not really great at the maths, but there's about 350 to 400 people, adults, that call this their church home uh, on, in any given month. And if we were to do this, if we were to accomplish this, this would mean over the period of five years between 2019 and 2024, if we were all to jump in and do this, that we would have somewhere between seven and 8,000 spiritual conversations with people in our community. Now, let me just ask you, do you think if we were to do that, that God would do something amazing in our community? I do too. This is why I think it's important that we do this, that we aspire for each one of us every three months to have a spiritual conversation with somebody who's far from God. I mean, if we were to do this and, and we were to hit seven to 8,000 different people, that'd be about 10% of our community. And I just believe, forget what God might do here at our church as far as attendance and all that showbiz, just more people coming into the kingdom and how it might radically transform our community for the kingdom. This would be amazing. And yet it's probably the most difficult. We're not doing it right now, and there's a reason for that, because lots of us are scared. Like, we have a lot of fear wrapped up in how do we talk to our friends about Jesus. And so here's the good news. We, we understand that, and so we want to equip you and inspire you. So Larry Baldridge and I have been working and will continue uh, to work on a way to come alongside you and equip you and, and train you and, and teach you what to say and, and environments in which you um, can say it that work best and how you can have some leading questions when you're talking to a, a friend who's far from Jesus. And so we're going to roll out a program in the first quarter of 2020. In fact, January the 19th, if you've got your calendar, you can go ahead and circle that date. We're going to roll out a program on January the 19th to equip and to train you on how to have spiritual conversations with people in our community. So that's the first thing that we want to do. The second thing is this. We'll probably roll this program out um, before uh, January 
but, but we're going to develop a program called Go Grants. We've been talking about this behind the scenes, and so we want you to, to go. Here's the truth. Some of you, many of you, can go places in this community that we can't corporately go together as a church, like where all of us can't go, right? Not, this isn't come and see. This is, again, this is our go and tell strategy, and so here's what we, we want to do. We want to resource you financially to be able to go and do some things in the community to spread the gospel. So, so let me just kind of give you one small example. It might be something like this. You live in a neighborhood that's got lots of families. You've got retired couples. You've got young families. But you live in a very active neighborhood. Maybe you're on a cul-de-sac. People are out walking the dogs and jogging and riding bikes and all that kind of stuff. And you know all your neighbors, and yet you, you want to to share the gospel with them. You, you want to do something to, to go on mission. And, and so let's just think for a minute, ha- Halloween's coming up. Believe it or not, it's going to be here. And so maybe your idea is, you know what, I want to have a block party on my street. And so here, here's, but I need some money. I, I want to get a bounce house and a popcorn machine, um, you know, or maybe if it's hot on Halloween, maybe you get a snow cone machine or or something like that, and you're like, I, I have this great idea on how I can try to reach my neighbors, but, but maybe financial resources hold me back a little bit. And so we just want to develop a grant program where you can request funds for us to fund and resource you to go into the community and go some places that we can't go corporately as a church. We want to help you go and tell. So, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I think we'll probably launch that in the next few weeks, at least in the next few months. We want to come alongside you, equip you to go and resource you to go to places where we can't go corporately as a church through our Go Grants. But we've got to be having spiritual conversations with people who are far from Christ in our community. Here's the second key area, is that we know this, we need to serve people in our community. What's the saying? I always get this wrong. People don't know, uh, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That adage is true in this day and age. Do you know what the number one question over the last 10 years of my ministry, the the number one question that I get asked by Christians and non-Christians alike under the age of 40, do you know what that question is? You know what people want to know about church when I'm talking to, to a younger generation about church, you know what they ask me more than anything else? They go, what's your church doing in and for the community? That's what they want to know. They want to know what we're doing in and for the community. Are we just putting on a show on Sunday mornings? Because here's the deal. They can stay at home and pull something up on the Apple TV or on YouTube or whatever. They can watch church. But they want to know, are they going to be a part of something bigger part of a group of people that's doing something in the community. Here's the good news about this one is we actually do a pretty good job here. In fact, when Wendy and I were first um, being interviewed a year and a half ago for the job here, one of the things that became evident in that, that search process or that interview process is what this church was doing in the community. We kind of um, scoped the church out, you know, online beforehand and look, looked online to see what the church was doing in, in this area. And so uh, we've got these relationships with all kinds of community partners, Family Promise and Link, and 
we're doing all of these things. In fact, last fall, last uh, winter, we, we did our first Christmas impact offering. We set this goal of $15,000 to raise funds to resource our community partners. And you all, through your generosity, exceeded that goal to $22,000. We're doing lots in that area. But we know we need to do more. In fact, that's why Doug Haycock moved into this new role of pastor of mission and mobilization because we knew that there was more that we needed to do in this area of serving our community because it's important to this generation of people that are coming up. It's the number one question that they ask. And so here's our goal over the next five years. We want to become synonymous with one local community partner through a a focused commitment and a deep investment. And so all that really means is we want people, when they think of our church, to go, oh yeah, that's the church that helps this ministry. It it could be one of our community partners. It it could be Family Promise or or Link. It could be someone that we're not partnered with yet. But, But when people think about our church, or maybe even when they think about this nonprofit, they think, oh yeah, that's the church, or that's the... That's the nonprofit that is partnered with that church. Like, we want to become synonymous. We want to become so ingrained with one partner that we can serve with our time and our talent and our treasure. We're not going to stop doing the other things that we're doing. We, we just want to become synonymous with one partner and be really, really committed. And so we'll be on the lookout. Doug will be tasked with that responsibility of helping us find this partner that we can Um, partner with. And then here's the third key area. It's going on a mission trip, either regionally or globally. Now, some of you may find this hard to believe, but did you know that there are still people in our country that that, uh, we haven't shared the gospel with? Like, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Now, you can be in this country, and most people who grow up here in America are exposed to church in some form or fashion, or, or the Christian faith, whether that's through the idea of Christmas and, and Easter. Maybe they're driving down the street, and they see a church building, or they see crosses and that sort of thing. I mean, I think re- religious symbols and that sort of stuff are in our culture, but there are people in our country, no one sat down and, and, said, and told them about Jesus. Like, like there's places we can go. Maybe right here in Lawrence, where we need to take the gospel. Maybe it's St. Louis. Maybe it's Chicago. Maybe regionally there's places that we can go and take the gospel and share it with people who have yet to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, I think we know from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we're to go to the ends of the earth. And so we're to take that message of salvation globally as well. And so we have a goal for our church family. And here's our goal is that we want to see 100 of our members and attenders go on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip in the next five years. And that's 100 unique people. That's 100 different people in our church body go on a mission trip either regionally or globally over the next five years. It's a pretty worthy goal. It'd be pretty awesome if a hundred of us were able to go on some sort of mission. And so we're going to develop some opportunities to go regionally. We need to develop some opportunities for our teens and for our students 
uh, to be able to go on mission because some of you have, have yet to go on a, a mission trip where you go overseas. And quite honestly, some of you probably aren't ready for that step. It's interesting, <laughs> especially when you go to um, a place like Haiti that's really like a, it's a third world country. It's a third world experience. So it's a huge sacrifice to pack your bags and to make the financial commitment and, and leave home to do that. But we, we want to develop some opportunities that maybe are 48 hours or 72 hours and maybe you only go four hours uh, away from home by car some, somewhere here in the States to begin to give you some exposure until you're ready to go globally. But we want 100 people in our church body to go on a short-term mission trip between 2019 and 2024. It's a worthy goal. In fact, as coincidence would have it, today we open registration for our Haiti trip. And so if you've never been to Haiti, Doug Haycock prepared a little promo video to show you the work that's been taking place there that our team's been doing in Haiti over the last four years. And so take a look at this little video real quick.
we hope you'll pray about going uh, uh, to Haiti. It, it's been about seven years since the last time that uh, I was in Haiti. I haven't been on one of our trips yet, but I plan to go on one of our future trips, either on this Haiti trip. I, I know Doug's talked with the Lorenzas about opportunities to expand and maybe um, do a mission trip to Costa Rica as well. But we're going to be planning opportunities for us to go as a church body because we need to be going on mission. And so would you pray about it? Do you think about going this year? And if you want to pick up a packet, Doug will be out in the lobby underneath the welcome sign at the sign-up table, and you can pick up a packet and just begin to pray and think about going on mission with us to, to Haiti this coming January, February. Here's the bottom line of this whole entire series is that we want to be a people who are helping others find and follow Jesus. And each one of us is in this strategic pathway somewhere. We're on the, that journey. We're either currently gathering, and if you're here today and you would say, well, I identify as a gatherer, and so I just I come on, on Sundays and I've yet to step into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we want you to do that. We want that for you, not from you. We want you to step into a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you and you're here, we'd love nothing more than to talk with you about that. If you're here and you gave your, if you've given your life to Christ, we'd love for you to get baptized if you've yet to be baptized. But, but you, you find your place in the journey and then you just take your next step. And so if you've already done those things, then we want to help you find a place to connect in community so that you can be growing in your relationship with Jesus and with others and serving. And if you're doing those things, then we want you to go by sharing your faith and having spiritual conversations with others, or going on mission with us, or helping us to serve our community. And the journey never stops. Because once we help people to this chair, mature believers, then help people start the journey over and over and over. And around the table we go. Because we're on mission to help people find and then follow Jesus. And so wherever you're at, we want you to take your next step to think about where you're at in this journey and take a leap of faith, move to the next chair, and let's make room for others so we can see God do something amazing in our community. Would you bow your heads and pray with me for just a moment? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we... Come in this place to worship you. You are the focus of all our affections and our attention. And it's for you and you alone that we make these plans, Lord. And we know that these plans of ours will fail if you're not in them. And so, God, we just ask your blessing on what it is that we aspire to do. And God, we are so thankful that we know that we don't have to do this alone, that Jesus, you said that you would go with us as we go on mission with you. And so we're so glad that we don't go alone, that we have the Holy Spirit to empower us and equip us and enable us to do the things that you're calling us to do. And so, God, we just want to continue to be a people who pray dangerous prayers. And we want to see you do things in our midst, not 
so that we can take credit for it, God, but so that you can get the glory alone. So God, would you choose to do something that we would just stand back and say, God did that. We didn't do this. God did this. Lord, bless our efforts. Thank you, Father. We commit these plans to you. In Jesus' name, amen.